coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. The Cougs go to 2-0 on a scintillating Saturday night at a sold-out Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Now, after beating Baylor, BYU's out to defeat the Ducks at Otson. And we're looking back and ahead with Kalani and Kingsley Suamataya next on BYU TV. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Red All right. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. We welcome you back inside Studio C, inside the BYU Broadcasting Building on the BYU campus in Provo, Utah, for our latest installment of BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. So glad you're along with us, whether live or on demand, via the BYU TV app and the BYU Radio app. For those watching live, you're invited to have some fun with us with our instant polls via the Opine app. Simply get and then open the app on your phone, then watch the side of the screen throughout the show tonight for questions, poll questions. And as always, our social media hashtag for the night is hashtag Sitake Show. Coming up on tonight's broadcast, we will look back on Saturday's home opening win, that big, big win over Baylor. We will go inside the film room with Jerem Jordan and Jaron Hall. Deep Blue profiles special teams coordinator Ed Lamb. Offensive lineman Kingsley Suamataia will join us in studio. We'll answer social media questions in our Q&A segment with the coach and Kalani. And as always, we will have the debut of the uniform BYU will wear this weekend. It's a brand new uniform combo for the Cougs in Eugene. And that's all coming up. We will not go another minute, though, without the man whose name is on this show. Let's bring him in. Please welcome in, once again, fresh off his 50th career win, the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. All right. It's tradition now. Once again, yeah. yes. A hand for Hazel, our leg right. tonight, Hazel. yes. And thanks to Lays for Days for hooking us up this year. I mentioned it as you walked in. Uh, career win number 50. What do you think about that? Hey, let's go, man. That, that was fun 50. <laughs> let's get 50 more. You know, uh, and only one guy's actually gotten 50 more, and that's, of course, Lavelle Edwards, who set the standard for every coach at BYU. Hey, we can all be like Lavelle. Life will be better for uh, you everyone, right? Yeah, you, you said, uh, I, I think you did say when you first got the job, um, and it wasn't totally tongue-in-cheek that you said yeah. you'd, you'd like to be the Polynesian Lavelle. I did, and then I got a phone call from Lavelle, uh, Lavelle quickly afterwards, and he called me. He's like, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so I said, all right. Well, but, I mean, he's, that's, that's, that's my mentor. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love him. So love playing in the stadium named after him. Congratulations on number 50. And what a big home opening it was for you and the boys Saturday night. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, fans were awesome as always. And you could just feel it. I mean, it was it was so cool. You know, just sorry the game went a little longer than we wanted it to. But <laughs> um, yeah, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, I think I said it. Actually, you heard me say it. I, I want to hug every BYU fan out there. And I knocked out about a thousand of the hugs in the, in the, in the <laughs> after the game. So, yeah, we're, we're we you know keep doing it and keep winning. And, and uh, I, lo I love our players being in that environment. I mean, it was, it was just a lot of fun. So thank you for all the fans being your energy and the effort. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, one of the coordinators, Ed or, or Aaron, on the Monday show that we do, I forget which one said it, but he said we we keep 
coming up with these games where you say, well, that's the best environment I've ever seen at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And then another one comes, well, that's the best environment I've ever seen. And it seems like he keeps setting the bar because Saturday was, uh, was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, we keep, I mean, and that's in, not just with the, the team, it's everything. Like the, the um, whether it's the band or the dances or Cosmo or whatever it is, you know, it just seems like uh, it just keeps getting better and better and better. And um, I'm all for it. You know, that's, that's, uh, it, was, it was a rocking house and a lot of fun and just uh, great memories. I saw a lot of, you know, kids laughing and having a good time. And, and I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, where are my kids, you know, in this, in this mess? And, <laughs> And they're gonna be. It's gonna be a late night, and you're gonna have to just wake some people up early for church. And those that are church at noon and later, congratulations! It, it works out for you. <laughs> ESPN came out with some of their TV numbers, and uh, the Baylor BYU numbers were some of the best that ESPN's had for a late night game in years. And how nice that it's a, it's a, it's a preview of Big 12 games to come. It kind of made you feel like you're already kind of at home in that league in a way. Yeah, and and just uh, just tons of appreciation for the the, the you know the. To have the game scheduled like it was, and, and Tom working the schedule, and getting uh, them, you know, getting Baylor to come out to Provo, that that was really cool. Uh, I give a lot of credit for Baylor; they're, they're the returning champs, and so to have them at our home opener, that was a lot of fun, you know. And 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 um, it was really cool to, to have that experience of competing against them, uh, being that we went there a year ago in in, in Waco. So uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I think uh, from what I I, I gather the. Uh, Baylor fans had a great time too, mm -hmm. and, and this is it's really cool when you can have that type of environment and that type of uh, a competitiveness, but then and mutual respect and love. And it, it, it's a really cool thing. That's what that's what sports should be. So we've talked a bit about it. Let's uh, take a look at it. Let's hit some highlights. Presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. This is BYU and Baylor Saturday night. First drive of the game gives you points. And when you guys score on your first drive of the game, you're pretty good. Yeah, I, I like the, you know, we want to score touchdowns more than field goals, but uh, just you could, you could sense that there was going to be a tough, you know, early on there's going to be tough sledding, and um, it, was, it was a tough game, but but I, I, I love our guys just staying with it and sticking together, you know, and making plays. So. I missed PAT there, had the game 6-3 to three right before halftime, and the last drive you had before the break was huge because it ends with this great catch from Chase Roberts. Yeah, and then I think a lot of people were questioning the, the receivers. We talked about the depth on our team, and um, you know, I, I don't know why people would think that we talk about depth on our team, but then not have depth at receiver. Hmm. You know, so obviously we don't want to be missing players. But quite a great opportunity for Chase Roberts and Keanu Hill, and you know, Cody Epps and Braden Cosper, those guys to to make plays, and then also the tight ends with Isaac Rex and Down Holker, Mason Wake. Chase caught a touchdown. You saw Chase throw a touchdown. This was at the tail end of regulation. It's no good, so we go to overtime. In overtime, Baylor misses a field goal, so it's back-to-back -back missed field goals. BYU a chance to win it with another shot, and this would not go, so we go to a second overtime. It was in the second overtime that BYU scored the only touchdown of the extra sessions, and that was Lopini Katoa, career touchdown number 26 for you. Big score. Yeah, and, and we knew that we could punch it in. I mean, that's. I think uh, Baylor was committed to stopping the run, and. Um, I think things got a little stressful when you get the, didn't get the two-point conversion, but... Here's you know. your last play of the game. Fourth down, a pass through the end zone, and that would do it. 26-20 yeah. in double overtime. And then the players started calling for the fans to come down on the field, so, you know, that's... And, and they obliged. Yeah. And they obliged. Uh, these are our game stats presented by Smarty, location data experts. 26-20 in double overtime. 21st-ranked Cougs defeat a top-10 team at home for the first time since that memorable Miami game in 1990.
It had been a long time for BYU, but they got it done Saturday night. Good stuff. And uh, let's talk about Jaron Hall a little bit because he's uh, been a big part of your 2-0 start. In week one, he notches a career high in completions with 25. And then in week two, it was a career high in attempts for him with a 39. He threw for a touchdown. As we saw earlier, he caught a touchdown. He really has been doing it all. Uh, a great touch on so many of his balls. And like Aaron was saying on the coordinator's corner Monday, a lot of his incompletions this season have been throwaways. Where yeah. he's, not, he's not giving you a chance to, to, to have a turnover. or make it. If it's not there, he chucks it away. And so he said his percentage might even be higher if it weren't for those plays. But uh, what a solid start for him through two games. Yeah, and I think some of the receivers were kind of disappointed because of the targets were clearly overthrown. And Chase Roberts was like, I got targeted three times, but the ball was actually being thrown yeah. out of bounds. But that, who cares? <laughs> you know, just, just catch the ones that are meant to be catching. And, and Jaron um, made great decisions. So I, I, I think uh, the stat that matters the most is that we, we were able to get the win and that guys kept believing and, and kept playing hard. Um, you know, after, afterwards, you don't really think about it until you're just looking at, at his completion percentage. A good amount of those were just great decision that, that uh, Jaron made, and, and I'm, I'm good with it. As long as we can give our guys a chance, not make catastrophic mistakes that would cost the team. Uh, I like the way Jaron's playing. I like the way our offense is moving. It is about the wins. He has started 14 games for you, and BYU's 11-3 in those games. It takes a lot of people, but he's, he's a big part of those wins, there's no doubt. Uh, he's your undisputed leader on the field as your quarterback, and off it as well. After the game, after two rough kicks uh, for Jake, um, Jaron, this, this, this was Jaron and Jake when that fourth down play is, <laughs> is no good. And it, this was an important moment for, for, for Jake. It, it felt like... Jaron really had his back in that, as, as all the guys did, but this was pretty special, I thought. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what it's about. You know, just, uh, I'm glad the cameras caught this so that people could see it, but that's, that, that's, that's, that's the stuff that, that makes these relationships last forever. You know, so, um, just thankful that our guys love each other, you know, and they come from great families. And I, I said it over and over again, I'm honored to be their coach, you know, so they, uh, I'm a better person because I get to coach those young men. I get to be around them. So uh, just, just awesome. And, and uh, I think you mentioned on our postgame show or on the press conference, I forget, um, it was important that Jake hear it from not only Jaron, but from a lot of different people in the locker room of what he means to this program, despite it was a tough night at the end. Yeah, I, I think it's important that, that, um, that we, when guys make mistakes, we, it's okay that we live with it and, and learn from it. Um, it was important for Samson Nakua after the bowl game, you know, when he was really hard on himself for us to, to let him know that we love him and appreciate him. I mean, it cannot be conditional. It has to be, we love you regardless. And that's what the gospel is all about, you know. And, and, and so um, Jake is a big part of our program. I mean, he was involved with the first win in my coaching career. You talk about the 50 wins, mm -hmm. number one is with him, you know. So. Maybe he's one of the three Nephites who just kick for us forever. <laughs> who knows? But um, it's, it's, just, it's just really cool. I, but also, it happens. Kicks happen. I mean, Baylor's kicker had, had some problems. And then the NFL, there were some problems with kicking. So maybe it was just a bad weekend for place kickers altogether. But, uh, you know, looking, looking at the way Jake kicked today in practice, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm, I'm excited that he's back. And I'm excited to call his next field goal because yeah. he's anxious to get out there, too. Uh, the BYU defense was exemplary in this game. Last year in Waco, uh, Baylor scored 38, more than 500 yards, more than seven yards of play. And then this past Saturday, 20 points, 
under 300 yards, under four yards per play, under three yards a rush. That's a a Jeff Grimes offense that you know really well, a lot of playmakers, and what a great job your defense did all night long with that team. Yeah, and I just like the physical play. I I mean, that's, uh, you know, we we talked about it. We we like the matchup and um, learned quite a bit from last year to this year from that experience and just want to keep learning, keep getting better. I mean, that's, you're naming off all these wonderful stats and we kind of ripped our guys on Monday. It's like, it wasn't good enough <laughs> because there's so many plays that we could have made, you know? And, and so um, I, I think it's important to, to learn even when you win. That's okay. I, I think the guys know um, that they could play better and that's what we're looking forward to. Hopefully we can perform better this weekend. You brought up your wide receiver depth because uh, no Puka Nakua, no Gunnar Romney against Baylor. That's a lot of firepower sitting out. They'd combined for 250 receiving yards, the two of them, last year in Waco. So players needed to step up. Uh, a lot of guys did, of course, but no one took a bigger step up than freshman Chase Roberts uh, targeted 15 times. If you want to include a couple of those launch plays, those throwaways, but he made eight catches for a buck 22 mm-hmm. and a score, and he throws for a touchdown. That's a lot to put on a freshman, but he doesn't play like one. Yeah, and the belief that um, A-Rod and Fessy have in, in, in our players, our young guys, to keep to keep throwing the ball. You know, I think uh, Chase was the was able to benefit from from the ball coming his way more often than the others. But those other receivers I named earlier that did a great job running the right routes, um, and then Jaron just getting the ball to the guys that, that were open, and he went through the right progression in his reads. And um, when we do that, we're a really good offense. So it, it's a uh, you know, there's some things that they could do better too. So, I mean, that we're, we're all learning, trying to get better and, and hopefully uh, performing at our best. And, and so far, uh, we're improving from week one to week two, and I want to see us improve from week two to week three. How about the team's uh, mentality once you, got, uh, once you got to overtime? You, over, you shake off the, the, the end of regulation, you go to overtime, and I don't know, I've heard from people that say that there was just a vibe, even when things weren't going perfectly, that you guys are going to come out on top of this one. Yeah, it's just a belief in each other. and. I think um, what's funny is that you, you look at the, there's a bunch of those pictures of the fans in the stands and just like, oh, they're grabbing their heads and putting their head, hanging their, their head down low and they're just, they're disappointed, you know, but um, I think you look at the sideline, the sideline is like, hey, there's, there's still, we can still get this game, you know, and, and I was proud of the way our guys just hung in there and just kept believing and kept believing in each other and, and that's what it takes. I mean. Uh, the fans that were hanging their heads were really excited at the end of it. So uh, it made a little bit more dramatic. And I, I'd, I'd rather not deal with that much drama. Let's try to handle it within regulation. But um, this team won't quit and they, they won't stop believing in each other. And that's, I'm, I'm lucky to coach them. Maybe those fans didn't know that uh, you as the head coach, uh, you and your teams are perfect in overtime since you've been at the head coach at BYU. So there's that. Hey, I, I'd rather finish it in regulation. But, <laughs> but if we need to... We need to go a little bit overtime, then we can do it too. But if he needs to, he's 4-0 in overtime, by the way. There you go. Uh, for only the second time, this is crazy, the second time in BYU football history, BYU's 2-0 for a third consecutive season. 2-0 in three straight years. It had never happened but one other time. 1965, 66, and 67. So when it last wow. occurred. So there you go. So that means a little history could be happening this weekend because uh, BYU's never been 3-0 for three years in a row. And that could happen if BYU wins at Oregon, a really tough, tough place to play. We'll talk a bit more about Oregon in the next segment, Coach. But, uh, yeah, this, uh, you know, th- this is a, a front-loaded schedule, as usual, as an independent mm-hmm. team. And, and so far, so good at 2-0. Yeah, and I, I like the way we started the season and, and the way we're progressing. So, uh, yeah, I, we're, it's a little different than we thought, but I, I, I think we're right where we thought we'd be right now. So, 
we got rain today in practice, so that's a, you know that's a good sign. Maybe Lavelle's helping us out a little bit, getting ready for the game this weekend. You guys stayed outside today, then, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not that cold, so it's okay. Got to toughen these guys up a little. And bit. And you might see some rain in, in Oregon. That yeah. Happens. So in our sport, we play regardless, as long as there's no uh, lightning. You know. Yeah, don't uh, say that word. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but even if there is, I think yeah. we can handle that too. Yeah. So. As you proved. All right. Let's head to break for your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play. -play. Watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, Jaron Hall goes inside the film room with Jerem, and then later it'll be a deep blue feature on Coach Ed Lamb. Stay with us as BYU football with Kalani Sitake continues. BYU football with Kalani Sitake is presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU athletics. Smith's, fresh for everyone. Brady Industries, honestly better. And by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back inside Studio C in Provo for more BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Well, quarterback Jaron Hall off to an excellent start to his season as BYU's won its first two games of this season. And now through 14 career starts, as we noted a moment ago, BYU's team record is 11-3 with Jaron starting under center. Tonight, he's the center of attention as he brings us inside the film room with Jerem Jordan. All right, Jaron, what a win at home, man. Top 10. Uh, crowd storm, double OT. You played a lot of big games and now have some notable wins in BYU history. Where does that stack up for you? <clears throat> Definitely up there in the top couple, I'll say that, but I, I couldn't put a number on it. Okay, let's watch uh, some plays from this game. Notably, at the end of the first half, you take a shot to Chase Roberts and it pays off. So moving the ball really well, and we got a good cover four Packer look is what we call it. So the safeties are pretty much bracketing number two, and it just left Chase on an island. Just give Chase a chance. He ran a really great route, saved the box is what we call it. Gave me a lot of grass to throw to and made a heck of a catch. Is that as good of a throw as you can give him to avoid the defender? Yeah, it always be better. Always be better. What could have been better right there? Uh, in the red zone, you can get it up and down a little quicker. I was uh, definitely pushing a little bit and how long I waited to get it out. Did you know it was good or did you have to see the replay to feel like it was good? I knew good? it was good. Chase, the, <laughs> just his reaction afterwards, I could tell he knew <laughs> it was in. How about this, dude? You have no Puka, no Gunner. These guys know going into the game, okay, we've got we to gotta bring this if we're going to yeah. beat Baylor. Yeah. Run games, struggling. You had to have this performance right. and this guy, freshman, yeah. goes eight for 122 and a touchdown? Are you kidding I, me? I think we all knew he was, he was uh, capable of it. And the same with all the other guys. I mean, everyone else contributed big time too. Uh, Chase just got his, his number called more often, um, and he really capitalized on his opportunities. Okay, the brilliance of A-Rod is he saves the play until the right moment, and he <laughs> did with the throwback. Yeah. This time Chase hooks you up. Yep, Chase you know, returned the favor, I guess you could say. Give me a little love. Honestly, this is a play we've been repping for probably a year now, maybe more, and it's the first time we, we felt like it was the right time to call it. We made sure to get a backwards pass so Chase could get it back to me, and then, geez, you got four offensive linemen running in front of you with a lot of green grass. That's a pretty good feeling right there. Okay, you're at the 25, uh -huh. and you got three of those dudes in front of you. There's no question in your mind you're scoring, yeah, I imagine. I, I just wish I'd have slowed down a little bit, <laughs> let Kingsley kind of do his thing, and then walk in the end zone, not make it so dramatic. You got. Me surfing on top of Kingsley, Connor coming, jumping on top of me. How would you rate this pass by Chase? Oh, beautiful. Good touch, good spiral, you know. It's a 10 out of 10. When you score that, 
Can you hear the crowd or do you silence it all out in your no, mind? No, it's, it's silencing, especially when you when you score with your offensive lineman like that. It's not something you do, do often, so to have all those guys around you to be celebrating in the end zone, it was pretty cool. How do you not give away the excitement that the ball's gonna come back to you here? Like, uh, a, like a honestly, tell with a pitcher. on this one I didn't do very good. If you can see, the they get a little bit of pressure up the middle and I have to kind of flip around and run. We usually practice it by me just kind of floating back, playing it safe, but this one I, I kind of did give away, so I was surprised. I guess, you know, when you give Chase the ball that many times during the game, they respect it and follow him, so. Okay, then the very last play of the game. It's fourth and 12. <laughs> the Rock has uh, done their thing with multiple false starts. Incredible performance by them, by the way. Absolutely. Then Baylor uh, has one more shot at this. Walk me through what you're seeing and feeling on the on the sideline. Yep. Um, this one, I mean, I just, I just walked down on the other side. I felt like I knew it was going to happen in our favor because of how well our defense played and they were ready for this moment. Um, they bailed us out all night and played hard. And so for me, it was just kind of the waiting game. I had the towel over my head, just kind of, you know, praying in my heart everything goes well. And, and sure enough, we, our defense gets it done. The image of the game for me and many fans was you with Jake Oldroyd. This is an emotional moment, obviously, for the both of you. What did you say and, and what did it mean to you to be there with Jake? Yeah, just to remind him I love him. I mean, football's a team game and it, it's tough sometimes. It seems like it comes down to one person's mistake, but that's never the case. He made multiple field goals throughout the game for us when we couldn't score as an offense, made the PATs. To have him miss a couple, I mean, look throughout his career, he doesn't do it very often. So for me, I just want to make sure Jake knew he was loved and he would have done the same for me. You know, I know he would. Being number 12, validation, poison? That's yeah, all poison. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, the rankings are a trap, and so I think uh, this year we have a team that's mature enough to look past that and just know that you know, no matter what our ranking is or what the other team's ranking is, they don't care what we are. We don't care what they are. Um, so you just got to respect the game, respect your opponent, and, and give it the best you can. Okay, now you have Oregon. Uh, Big-time game in Autzen mm -hmm. Stadium. You've played in a bunch of big-time <clears throat> games. Another challenge, a different kind of team sure. than what Baylor is. Yeah. yeah, they're very, very talented, very fast and explosive. Big team. Um, they're a really good defense. And then going into their stadium, I've never been there, but I've heard a lot about how loud it is, how excited they get. We just need to be dialed in our, you know, our uh, fundamentals and our cues and, and just go play ball. So good luck in uh, Austin. Have fun. Thank you. All right. When you think about Jaron in relation to other great quarterbacks of the past that BYU's had, he seems to kind of just fit right in, in, in terms of all the great qualities that uh, the very best have had here at BYU. Yeah, it's it's more than just the stuff that he does on the field. You know, it's the the leadership and the things that when, when the camera's not even on him, it's how he builds confidence in all the players. And so, um, yeah, I, I think he's a special player and, and just got to let him do his thing. Just I, you stay out of his way and let him go, man. But uh, I think A-Rod and, and the rest of the staff done a great job utilizing all the talent that they have on offense. And, um, you know, Jaron's so athletic. You talk about his abilities, he can do, he can do a lot of things. and. I've said it before that he's so talented you just don't like when Zach was playing that we just didn't like that he, that much talent sitting on the sideline but um, he was really patient he knew his time would come and, and I'm, I'm really proud of him. Okay next up for BYU a trip to the University of Oregon and it's been 32 years since the Cougars last played at Austin. Claude you've been there a few times as, as a coordinator yeah. and uh, it's a 20-game home win streak they've got going right now, a 29-game non-conference home win streak. Autzen is an imposing venue with usually a really, really good football team playing on that field, obviously. Yeah, that's right. And then tons, tons of speed and athleticism, talent. Uh, you know, there's a lot of players on that roster that, that we know. Uh, some local guys, too, you know. But um, 
our, our players are excited for this opportunity. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I think uh, we'll embrace the opportunity to go play there and, and, and try to do something that, that a lot of teams don't get to do, you know, and that's, that's uh, come out with a victory there. But I, I, it's going to be a tough task. Uh, as long as our team, we, we talked about it over and over again. We stay humble, keep working hard. I think it's it's normal to want to, to get excited and to to you know want to think highly of yourself. But I think uh, they're going to keep each other in check, and we'll try to stay humble, just keep working hard. And that's why it's important that we learn from the mistakes um, from the game that we made. And, and even though we were victorious against Baylor, a lot of a lot of improvement needs to happen. And um, that's why our culture of love and learn, we, we, we're going to learn regardless of whether it's a loss or a win, we got to get better. And that's, that's the approach going into this week. I, I feel good about our chances and, and we'll see how much improvement we make during the week. You've got a road win at South Florida, home win over Baylor, nationally ranked Baylor. They've got um, a loss at Georgia where they were just out of it the entire game and then they've got a win over an FCS team. So this is you know, maybe the best indication of who Oregon's going to be is the game they play you. And you already kind of have a good idea of who you're going to be because of the caliber of teams you played. I'm really curious to see how this one plays out on, on Saturday. But if you had to characterize Oregon generally right now, what would you say about the Ducks? Yeah, we're, we're going to get their best shot. What you saw from week one and week two is different. They're going to be ready. They're, they're a new coaching staff. Um, and so I think they're going to be a lot cleaner and things are going to be a lot better for them as their level of execution. So I said every week I said we're going to get their best shot. And, and uh, we'll see a different team than we've seen week one and week two, but uh, hopefully they see one from us as well, a different team. Okay, this past weekend they played an FCS team and beat Eastern Washington mm -hmm. at Austin to move their home win streak to 20 games and their non-conference home win streak to 29 games. You see that number 40 pop up there. That's a program record. They've never had as many as 40 first downs in a game. The yards were coming in big, big chunks against Eastern Washington on the weekend. That's how Oregon got to one and one and got them back in the top 25. They're ranked number 25 coming into this week. BYU is ranked number 12. All right, BYU and Oregon this Saturday in Eugene. How will it be covered on radio and TV? Let's tell you and show you BYU at Oregon. It'll coverage will begin at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time on both BYU TV and BYU radio with BYU Sports Nation game day on the TV and the Cougar pregame live show on radio. The game will be on Fox TV and also on BYU Radio. You can hear our call and then post game. Go to BYU TV and BYU Radio for all your coverage after the contest. And next Monday, we'll wrap it up and look back on it with the coordinators. Coordinators Corner Mondays at 2 o'clock Eastern Time, Noon Mountain. BYU TV and BYU Radio over in our new studio, Studio B. And then before this show on Tuesday nights, you can tune in to AFR after further review with Dave, David, and Blaine as they break down BYU football. Let's head to break. Coming up, it'll be this week's Deep Blue profile feature of assistant head coach Ed Lamb. Stay with us for that. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Back with more after this. be hard for a coach to find quality time with the members of his family. When a family member has special needs, taking advantage of that time can be even more challenging. For BYU assistant head coach Ed Lamb and his son Edward, who has autism, horseback riding has become an activity with a unique bonding quality, as we discover in this week's edition of Deep Blue, presented by Brady Industries. Honestly, better. I can't separate the shape of our family, the definition of our family from the way Edward has impacted all of our lives. He can't speak and he can't communicate in some ways, but I think he brings us just a lot of joy. And we, we laugh a lot at our house, even through a lot of 
you know, moments that other people would be horrified by. I think we have just learned to adapt to that type of life, and I think it's helped us in other areas in our life. It really is. It's a good word. Thank you. Adapt to survive. There, there would be no survival without adapting. We tried to read all the books we could about autism and special needs children when, when we first got a glimpse of what Edward might be and then find out that the books don't prepare you for your own special need. That's, that's why they're special. It's, yeah. it's different. There's similarities, but there's no, there's no blueprint, at least not that I've found. You know, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot the last few years is the labels that we put on players and the labels that we put on people. And you know, Edward's, Edward's got a label, special needs. I, I certainly answer to that and, and understand that. But you know, one of the things I've realized is that all the players on our team are special needs in a way. I'm special needs. We all as individual people have special needs. And I, I really started to realize how important it is for me to look at each one of the players that I have contact with and, and find what is, what is the special need that they have. And, and maybe a better word is individual or unique needs. I'm proud of Edward for who he is and, and he has different needs. Certainly there's a lot higher capability and ceiling in the, the arena of football for the guys on the team, but the coach's job is to find that little nugget of advice or a technique or a piece of wisdom or point them in the right direction so that they can be the, the very best player that they can be. In a lot of ways, uh, Edward, Edward can be a bit of a prisoner in our own home. He's doesn't have uh, proximity awareness. If he gets out, he'll, he'll keep going. In fact, we're sure he, he wouldn't come back or wouldn't, it wouldn't dawn on, or it wouldn't occur to him to, to return. So there's a lot of danger in that. And there's a lot of daily saving his life and securing the house, but there's also a little bit of a, a little bit of a sequestering where he's, you know, he's sequestered to our home and our backyard. As dangerous as horseback riding can be, uh, this is about the safest activity that we can do together outside of our home. Other than that, it's a way for us to spend quality time together and it's a way for him to feel free and happy and yet still be close to me. These three horses and even the other horses on this property, they know him, they have a sense for him. They're incredible animals. People say they can hear your heartbeat. They can tell if you're nervous from hundred yards away and I wouldn't I wouldn't really believe that I would think it's folklore until I see Edward interact with the horse that seems spooked by everybody else and Edward walks right up and grabs his ears or something and the horse is just as calm as can be and I think they know there's no guile in him there's no there's no danger in him Edward doesn't talk he sometimes kind of sings a, or hums a tune and when he's happy and makes noise I talk to him even though I don't know how much he understands. But a lot of times it's just us in complete silence and enjoying whatever it is that these trails have to offer on that day. And it, it changes quite a bit. I feel like you put it out into the universe. Yeah. I feel like you put it out there and said, I just, 
wish so badly that we had something that we yeah. could do together that we both love. And I can't think of anything better to be manifested from that. People always ask the question innocently, uh, oh, you, you, when they find out I've got a 12-year-old, oh, does he play football? And I would have thought maybe, you know, before I knew Edward, before we had him, that that would be something that would hurt the feelings of a, of a father to think about, oh, what could have been? Look, look at this. My boy doesn't play football or my boy doesn't play sports, but because I've known him since he was a baby, I have no expectations or hopes that he plays sports. Yeah. He rides horses. And that's, that's what I enjoy doing with him because he loves it. During the season is the most stressful time where I feel like the job that I'm doing and how well I'm doing my job or how well 19 to 22-year-olds are doing their job is the most stressful for me. But it all, when I walk in the door at home, it all seems to disappear and take a back seat for however many hours I'm at home. That's, that's the strength of, that's the strength of the home for me, the strength of the family. Even the things that are hard at home that are going on, it's a welcome respite from the stress of the day. It feels like peace and quiet, but it's not always peaceful. It's not always quiet. Heavens, no. <laughs> but there is a peace in that. There is a peace in um, family chaos and lots of voices and activity and bantering and even arguing, I feel like you can look back and just be really grateful for those times when the house is full and everyone's together, enjoying each other's company and managing conflict. <laughs> That's right. For me, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that we're here raising this family that we couldn't have predicted in the same place I spent time, a time that was such a developmental time in my life, trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to be and where I wanted to be. I feel like there's been a lot of hard things that we've had to deal with and we have a pretty consistent challenge with our son, but I am just super grateful for the opportunity to, to be for, here for as long as we have and um, to be surrounded by the people that we're surrounded by. I just feel every day really lucky. BYU will just always be a part of us, I think, wherever we are. It's a big part of our lives and our family. Well said. You too. <laughs> Bye. I sure appreciate Ed, his family, and his story. And uh, I, 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 I always wonder sometimes if you've been able to see these before they air, and I think usually the answer is no, probably, yeah. before you get to see them. And yeah. we, get, we get to learn together things that, of course, we already know a little bit about. But I just um, love that family. And uh, I'm just thankful to have Ed and Sarah and Anna and Amelia and Summer and Edward in our family. And so uh, BYU football wouldn't be what it is right now without Ed and, and Sarah and their family's love. And so uh, it's an honor for me to have him uh, and his influence in our program. But I'm, I'm thankful that he was willing to be vulnerable. He's a very private person. And uh, his willingness to just be out there and let people know his story, that's a, that's a huge step for him. But I hope he knows how much I love him. And, and he's my brother. And I'm, uh, 
that's the guy that gets to coach our players. That's 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 the assistant head coach, and um, I'm honored to be working with him. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful story, and and what they're doing with Edward is uh, is uh, it's truly inspirational. We wish them all the very best in their in their life uh, moving forward, a unique life. All right. Uh, this Saturday's game at Oregon will have a special significance for our special guest tonight because it was in Eugene where his college playing career actually began. Please join me in welcoming into Studio C a newcomer at right tackle for the Cougars, Kingsley Suamataia. Kingsley, welcome in. Thank you, thank you. It's great to see you and meet you and have you as a, as a BYU Cougar. Yes. The chair will hold, don't worry about it. Yeah. Thank you, sir. We've tested it with the biggest lineman BYU has to offer. So. My biggest worry in life is that I fall in this chair. Maybe <laughs> it'll be good. Let's, uh, let's begin by uh, telling this crowd and our audience watching and listening about your background, where you grew up. Ooh, um... I'm originally from here, no, here in Utah. Um, lived in uh, Lehigh first, and then uh, me and my family moved out to uh, Hawaii, and uh, that's where my mom's family's from, Lehigh, uh, Hawaii, and uh, Oahu, North Shore side. And then uh, we was there for a couple of years, and then um, you know we just uh, my dad and my mom, you know, talked a little bit, and I loved it down there. Had all my family, but you know, um, they made the decision to come back to Utah. Uh, for better opportunities, and uh, we moved back here. So I've been in Orem, so Orem's another home to me. So, and then I've been here the rest of my life. So, okay. When when did you first hear the name or know Kingsley Suomataia? Since he was a baby. <laughs> yeah, was a, this guy was a phenom from day one. You know, so um, and I know his family, know his parents, and, and great people, and so you you watch them and and. It's how old you feel. You you see these kids, and all of a sudden, it's like to you, it's like a year later, and they're playing in high school, and you're like, "What's going on with this?" <laughs> but um, great player, but great great family. He comes from great lineage of of just wonderful people, and um, so I, I'm just really proud that he's on our team, and, and uh, just I, I I brag about him. I brag about all our guys, but the fact that he he looks really comfortable here. He looks like this is. Uh, he's, he's thriving in, in the environment, and, and I think it's the most important thing is that he's really close to home, and you know he he knows that mom and dad are right there with him. So I'm I'm honored to have him on our team. Okay, you were an Orem Tiger, right? Yes, sir. Uh, when it came time for college recruiting, what was that experience like for you? Ooh, it was uh, unbelievable. Um, it was eighth grade year, I believe, and then I got my offer from BYU. It was my first offer, mm. and. I had a lot of emotions going into that, and I didn't even just I just didn't even know what offers were until I got my first one. I came in, started to talk to Kalani, and that was the most emotional day I've ever had in my life. <laughs> um, I saw my I looked at my mom and said, "Before we go in, let's not cry." <laughs> and uh, the next thing you know, I looked at my mom, she started crying, and I started crying. So, <laughs> but it was uh, the recruitment process was definitely a, a great learning experience. Um, a lot of different schools and. Um, but yeah, it was great. What led you to Oregon and what led you back to BYU? Um, I don't know if a lot of people know, but I'm family with the Sewells um, out of Oregon. Um, I love my family and um, they had a, their, online, their head coach was an online guy, um, Coach Cristobal, great guy. And then I had the online coach, Coach Mirabal. 
Um, so that was the main reason why um, I went down there. And, you know, things weren't going so well while I was down there. Um, it, was a, it was a rough time for me. Um, away from my family and um, away from the church. Um, things that I started to value, um, things that I valued before I left, um, I was valuing less when I left. Um, so I knew I needed to come back home to um, where my family was. And um, this is the Jesus school, so um, I love my religion and I had to come back home, so yeah. Did you, did you happen to know that uh, Oregon was on BYU's schedule? <laughs> I did. When you came back here? <laughs> yes, I did. What's this week like for you already? Who? A lot of emotions. I got a lot of good friends, cousins on the team. Um, but, you know, just got to keep my cool. And um, <laughs> um, and it's going to be great. It's going to be a good game. Um, a lot of great athletes on both sides of the ball. But I got my brothers over here. And they have my back. I got theirs. So it'll be a good game. Kalani, why is Kingsley great for BYU? And then Kingsley, why is BYU good for you? That's our question. I'm just, I'm just proud of him and uh, emotional guy, you know, and, but he's, uh, man, he, he loves so strong and, and we, need, we need him on the pro, in our program. And so our, our offense needs him and his presence and just, you know, he's got great leadership. And, and I, I think, um, but he has this, this great sense of humility and, and appreciation. So I know uh, he's excited about the game, but I think it's a little different than what people think. You know, he, he loves to compete and is excited to do that, but um, he has tons of gratitude and, and, and appreciation for everyone that, that has, you know, put him in this position, especially for his, his mom and dad and his family. And that, that, I think that's what this is all about. He, he tried it out and went somewhere else, and, and I'm glad that he came back home, you know, and, and we welcomed him with open arms. I was really excited about it, right? And so. Uh, just hope that you know when we get to recruiting from now on, I just have people. Uh, I want to get it right the first time, so because um, we could have used them, you know, the, the year that he was gone. But uh, it's okay. I, I think that's. Um, I, I just want him to know how how much we value him and and, and his his presence in our in our locker room, not just because of what he can do on the field, but all the stuff that he brings to him, being the son, the, the wonderful son that he is, and the brother and and, and the person that he is. Is BYU what you'd hoped it would be, Kingsley, for you? Yes, everything and more. Um, it, was, it was great. Um, it was probably one of the biggest blessings I had so far since coming back home was choosing to come to BYU. I had no doubt in my mind that I needed to come back home, and it was here. Um, I, BYU was everything. It was special to me. I got uncles that played here, grandpa. Well, not my grandpa, sorry. A lot of uncles um, uh, and relatives that played here. Um, but... Just, uh, I guess, just coming back home and getting to see my family up in the stands is something that's been special to me. Well, we're glad you're here staying with us. We'll come back after this break. We'll have questions for Kalani and Kingsley as we continue on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. 
Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics. And by Smarty, location data experts. All right, so we are into the Q&A portion of our show. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake tonight. We've got questions for Kingsley and Kalani from social media. First one goes to you, Kingsley. And it asks, how does BYU's O-line stack up against the Ducks' defense, and who are you looking forward to going up against on that team? Oh, our O-line is incredible from Blake to it's, – it's unbelievable what our O-line has. And I'm grateful to play beside each and one of them. Um, it'll be a great matchup. They got a lot of returners, a lot of veterans on their team. Um, but um, just looking forward to going against all of them. Um, I've known them for a while, so – It'll be a good matchup between both of us, um, two athletic lines, O-line and D-line. Before we get to our next question, do you have some fans in the stands here? Who, 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 who's with you tonight? Uh, I bring my dad right there in the pink hoodie. <laughs> um, and then my mom, my beautiful mother, in the black dress. And then my two younger sisters. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they're here. That's awesome. Second question is for you, Kingsley. Uh, Kingsley, uh, the question asks, what was going through your mind during that uh, pass-back touchdown, the double pass touchdown on the weekend against Baylor? Oh, that was that's a play we only practiced a couple of times, and then just to see it happen, it was incredible. Uh, it was all happening perfectly. Got the D-Nimer following the ball, and then when, as I turned around, I see all my O-Linemen behind me, and I was like, oh, it's happening, so... <laughs> <laughs> And there was only one safety, so I was saying, if us five big guys missed a safety, then that's embarrassing. <laughs> but <laughs> but it was a great it was a great play. Um, um, yeah, it was really fun. It was happening. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, for Kalani, the next question for Kalani, uh, Coach, you've made it to 50 wins. What are your most memorable ones? Uh, my memories goes back to last week. So I, uh, <laughs> South Florida seems like a month ago now for some reason, and and uh, yeah, I just. That's probably the way I try to make memories every week. So hopefully we get another one this weekend. You mentioned your, you mentioned Jake in your first win. Yeah. The first one you always remember. You're, you're down and you played right. Arizona, and, and that, that kicked it off in a great way. And I mean, going to Camp Randall, beating Wisconsin when they were ranked in the top 10. Yeah, a lot of great ones. And, and um, just, I mean, there's there a lot of great competitions. Even the ones that we came up short, I just love being around the boys and love seeing the fans, whether it's at home or on the road. And so. Uh, that just makes the experience that, that much better for me to to be be involved in, in my role. I, 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 just, I just love it. I'm lucky. Well, we're lucky to have you. There's no doubt about that. All right. Uh, it is break time once again. As we go to break, let's give you a trivia question presented by Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics in partnership with the San Bernardino International Airport. Here's today's question. In BYU's last visit to Oregon in 1990, the father of a current BYU player led the Cougars with 151 receiving yards. Who was it? The answer is coming up next. Hmm. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Here's tonight's trivia question presented by Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics, in partnership with the San Bernardino International Airport. Our question tonight, in BYU's last visit to Autzen, Oregon, in 1990, the father of a current BYU player led the Cougars with 151 receiving yards. Who was it? Want to take a run at it, Kalani? 
So I, I think I'm gonna, I don't want to offend any of the kids on our team. Okay. So, so you'll, yeah. you'll just pass on this? Yeah. Okay, Here, well, let's just show the answer. Brett Nyberg, oh, Hobbs' Hobby's dad. dad. Yeah, that's right, okay. Yeah, so Hobbs' dad, Brett Nyberg, got 151 yards uh, receiving that day as uh, Ty Detmer was throwing him all the balls that day, by the way. That was a Ty Detmer season, his Heisman season, as it turns okay, out. Okay, Hobbs. There we go. <laughs> all right, uh, this season on the Sitake Show, we'll close the show every week with a sneak peek of the upcoming weekend's uniform combination live here in studio. Let's bring on out Travis Hodson and this week's <laughs> combo for BYU and Oregon. Come on out, Travis. Okay. All right. So, so we, we are, we are, I think this is called the Royal Sitake combination. I think it's the all white with royal trim, the brand new chrome royal helmet, and the new chrome royal face mask. So it's a new helmet, so it's a new combination. And you've got the turnover belt as well, is that right? Yeah. And so far, the turnover belt's been given to one of our guys this year. I think Max got it on the pick six. Yeah, we got, we got to get that thing rolling around a little bit more. What do you think of the look here, Kalani? I think it looks good, but I think we're tagging Sitake to too many things <laughs> ice cream. Uniforms, you know, it's like it's gonna, you got your own show. Uh, that's true. A variation, yeah. a variation of this uniform was worn once. It was Georgia Southern last year. Okay. Uh, but the royal face mask is new and the chrome finish. So, uh, like by it. the way, that that uniform stack, courtesy of the BYU uniform tracker on Twitter. But uh, Travis, nice work again. We can't do the show without you. So uh, thank you, Travis. Thank you, everybody. Travis. Good. All right. And that will do it for tonight's show. So for Kingsley and Kalani and producer Hema and Travis, my name is Greg Grubel. Have a great week. Go Cougs. Let's go.